So, welcome to episode 16 of the Saddlecast for this season with myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner. You alright, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How you doing? I'm alright, yeah. But uh, not as usual. We're here to talk about Shrewsbury being defeated twice this season, yeah. Ollie, which is a little bit of a change from the uh, the way it's been going so far, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is. But um, yeah, two different games, um, which we'll come on to. Uh, yeah. One frustrating, one both frustrating actually, but in different, in different, for different reasons. Mm. Um, so yeah, so go on to that. So probably worth just kind of yeah um, saying that some obviously Barry's a bit of a trek, wasn't it, in terms oh, of the yeah. weather and the conditions. So yeah, not too much to say about that. But um, yeah, should we go into the Barry game? Yeah, I think. Well, you say not too much to say about that, but I think all town fans were caught out on the trip yeah. to Barry, weren't they? As as, uh, as everyone was, and I think you had a horrible journey up from London, didn't you? Which didn't go very well. I only came from Shrewsbury, and it still took almost two and a half hours. So um, yeah, I think one. You know, we'll get into talking about the game. But when you have those nightmare journeys, uh, it kind of makes you sort of view the game a little bit differently, doesn't it? You're sort of more critical in some respects because it's yeah. been so long getting there. Yeah, it did. Um, <laughs> it took me um, like way over four hours oh, um, of doing 200 miles, not an hour, <laughs> um, 200 miles. And yeah, my sat-nav, um, the Waze app, took me in a very, obviously a, a very time-consuming, <laughs> time-efficient trip. But over some random toll bridge in the middle of nowhere, off the somewhere, right. and yeah, I went on a bit of a kind of journey up through kind of the back streets <laughs> of um, Greater Manchester to get there. But yeah, got there in time. Um, had a delightful, healthy dinner of pie and crisps. Well, uh, very northern. Yeah, it's not. Oh, it's t- you just yeah. Anyway, it's not talking about that. And then well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was that. So yeah, um, in, going into the game was fun, and also met my berry mate after the game. So that's oh, good. Quite, like, interesting. So yeah, shall we? Um, shall we crack on? Yes, let's get straight into the two games this week. Zach Jules will be targets. Plus now, Janoa and John Lewis who are in there. There's a the header and in, and it's Zach Jules who scores for Shrewsbury Town. So Shrewsbury's first game this week was the uh, ever so easy away game at Bury, which we were going to absolutely walk Ollie because um, they were bottom and uh, we were top. But unfortunately, it did not end up going that way, did it, mate? Um, no, it didn't. So yes, the score for anyone that wasn't there and has been hiding under a rock trying to avoid it was Bury one Shrewsbury nil, um, with Lee scoring on the 56th minute, and we were unable to reply. So um, yeah, there was a, there was a crap out attendance to be honest with you. I thought in terms of Bury fans, there was only 3,055 uh, uh, 3, fans there, um, but um, you know there was a good away following 455 town fans so that was a good attendance wasn't it to be fair Ollie for for the away for an away trip and I know we've been doing well recently but it was good to see another good turnout at least wasn't it yeah it was good on a on a Tuesday night uh, yeah in the week yeah you can't complain about that number can you it was good and no and as I said it was bottom versus top so we were expecting good things and obviously we'd won the game before hadn't we so we were looking looking positive but um that wasn't the case was it and uh you said just as in the intro that we're doing to the podcast that you've and you've mentioned this before you've got some friends from Barry, haven't you and yeah you've been conversing with them in the last few weeks and uh yeah, what did they say to you just prior to the kickoff? Were they still as negative as the Bury fans sounded? You know, when they were chanting in the first few minutes. Yeah, there was. I was chatting to them actually when I got to the ground and was enjoying my healthy tea. Um, and I was saying, "There's not many of you here." Um, and they were, <laughs> yeah, there was like a semi boycott um, going on. Um, yeah, and there was a lot of anger after the um, the Woking game. Um, later in the evening, I found out that um, the chairman actually had security guards because he thought he might get attacked. Uh, but actually, he said that um, he said he's never seen fans so angry at the players, wow. and it wasn't at the, at the staff or the board, but all directed at the players because they were so woeful against Woking. So yeah, it was going to be interesting to see how they came into this. And unfortunately for us, they did play quite well actually. I think we have to yeah. give them credit where credit's due. So before we could probably go into the game, um, Glynham, um, in, in terms of the summary of what actually happened. So yeah, there's a few changes, isn't there, in the, in the lineup? Yeah, I run through the team. Obviously, Henderson starting goal. Um, Riley was at right back. Um, Toto and Beckles were the centre back. So we kept it from the uh, the change we made in the last game a few minutes into it at Rotherham. Um, and then obviously we had Sadler as well at left back. And then Godfrey and Nolan in midfield with a slightly different arrangement up front. So we had Wally sort of out wide one way, Payne out the other side. Um, Dodd sort of in the number 10 role uh, nominally and then Carlton Morris up front so it was interesting I mean a lot of people were just hoping we'd slot in um, obviously we're talking about a go-go missing from his suspension a lot of people were hoping we'd just slit, slot in Bryn Morris and that'd be that we'd play with the same shape but it wasn't Payne, it, he went and made a big change didn't he with moving Payne around particularly and bringing Dodds in so that was an interesting tactical change and one that probably looks like it hadn't paid off in the end but um, yeah it was interesting how he went different again a bit like when we were away at Doncaster yeah it was it was three um 
players, obviously Rodman, Gogo and Brown, who had had, um, yeah, all you know, had a stellar contribution to the season so far. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a big impact. And we've been quite lucky, really, haven't we? With changes and decisions and Perth had kind of got everything right so far this season. Um, and I think as we go through this game, I think it's yeah fair to say that, yeah, both I think both of us didn't enjoy this, this that change that he made. Um, no. <laughs> but in terms of condition, for those who were there, it was wet. Horrid. It was wet. And um, fortunately, um, did you get that wet getting into the ground, Glenn? Because it's kind of tipped it down in it just as the game started and around that time. Yeah, well, we got there like, I don't know, maybe because of the traffic like we were talking about. We got there maybe four minutes before kickoff. Just got in there yeah. and it was as quickly as you possibly could sort of thing and found a seat. And um, I think we'd missed the showers coming in. Um, but yeah, we got in there and at one point it rained so heavy you couldn't see the end of the pitch, could you? It was that no. torrential and it was dripping off the stands as well. But... You know, excuses are excuses, aren't they? You'd still expect our lads to be able to turn up and beat a team bottom of the league just because it was raining a little bit. It doesn't really make any difference. But, um, yeah, I mean, but before we get into the details of the game, it was interesting because I think Berry had made some changes to their team as well, didn't they? Because I think Ryan Lowe had been in the press beforehand and at the weekend they'd lost again 3-0 and he'd absolutely savaged the players. I don't know if you've seen that, Ollie. No, I um, haven't. He'd savage them, and he'd, he'd you know a lot of lot of words that you don't normally see a manager saying about people. Um, and then for our game, I think he brought in a couple of young lads to try and boost it up again. And, and you give Ryan Lowe a little bit of credit for the performance that they that he got out of them against the league leaders. They they can't have been that bad in the games they lost three 0 They they weren't brilliant still, but they they played a little bit. They they played okay, didn't they? they did enough to beat us. Yeah, they did. I think overall, you can't um, yeah criticize them too much in terms of you know the performance they put together. Um, and yeah, you can't. I think it's fair to say, you know, their goal was superb, and they so they probably. You mm. know, we were really poor, but you could tell they up their game, and a few players had quite standout performances. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to the game. Then I say it was chucking it down, won it within a couple of minutes, and yep. and the, the interesting thing was the Berry fans were already chanting. You know, after a couple of minutes, how rubbish are you? You haven't scored yet, sort of thing. And they were really, really disparaging about their team. So I was sitting there thinking, bonus, you know, this is going to be really easy. If their fans are feeling like that, there's, there's no way we won't win. But as soon as the game started, Ollie, it was quite noticeable that Berry got the ball down, started playing it around, and we looked totally at sea, didn't we, from the start, really? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, we, we were just sloppy, weren't we? Yeah. Um, and yeah, there was, um, they had quite a few chances, weren't they? They were. Mm. But fortunately, their finishing was awful. So they had that headed <laughs> chance um, from a free kick after Riley gave the ball away. Um, and that just went flying over. Um, but we just couldn't, we just were awful in possession, wasn't there? And it kind of started right from the start of the game. We kind of get the ball deep um, and do what we normally try and do is pass the ball. Um, but we just couldn't find a man, could we? No, nope. and it was a lot of like, you know, particularly Beckles would bring the ball out and, and try and play like a long ball to Carlton Morris. And to be fair to Carlton Morris, he did pretty well chasing a few of them. But, you know, that wasn't the way we play. And it, and it seemed like because of that slight change in formation and personnel, that the, the passes that we'd, we'd hit without sometimes looking, they just wouldn't trust that pass. And yeah. Berry were also pressing quite well, considering, you know, they were really trying hard to prove that they're not absolutely rubbish and they're for a paycheck, which is what, you know, everyone's been saying about them. And that little bit of squeezing of space, um, particularly for Nolan, who I, I thought they did pretty well with in keeping him out of the game just completely unsettled us and and they were able to pass it around quite easily at times and their wingers did what our wingers have been doing they were really dangerous against us and I thought that Riley and, and Sadler really struggled in that first 20-25 minute period against them yeah I think it's probably worth um, discussing isn't it some of the, the main points um, mm. in terms of the kind of game analysis because if we did it at the end it would kind of yeah we'd kind <laughs> of miss kind of the points but yeah I think our passing was off wasn't it and we were off the game off the pace of the game um, yep. we didn't seem to I don't know, seemed to want to have that fight and that desire wasn't in the kind of everyone was kind of, you know, off their kind of, you know, top performance. You know, when mm. you're doing the top three, I found it very difficult, let's put it that Definitely. way. Definitely. And yeah. interestingly, on the tactics, it meant that um, we played more of a, like a rather than playing obviously with Godfrey in the middle, then two in front with a go go kind of switching um, up and down, supporting Nolan and Godfrey. And, you know, as the game went, he changes, doesn't he, from sitting deep next to Godfrey or sitting next to Nolan. It was very clear that we started with Dodds right at the top um, yeah. and then um, Godfrey and Nolan. And Nolan was obviously very deep then, wasn't he? He struggled to kind of, you know, find the wingers. Um, he couldn't really find them. He was too deep. Um, mm-hmm. And then Dodds was far too forward. And Dodds kind of just disappeared. So they had um, Ince back, um, Ince back in um, Denton Field for Berry. Um, and Dodds just kind of hid behind him all game. He didn't seem to want the ball, particularly in the first half. I thought he he was a complete passenger. And yeah, I think all town fans wanted him substituted. Um, and finally, that did actually happen in the second half. But yeah, what was your view on that, Glenn? Because it, it, it did, it was so important. We've got to mention it quite early on, isn't it? Because it, we just couldn't get the ball out to our attacking players. And yeah, um, when we couldn't find a man, we resorted long and the long balls just weren't good enough. Yeah, I, I think you covered it really there. I mean, you're right. Dodds was a big problem in the position he was playing. The, the work rate, I have to say, I didn't think 
think was particularly good from him in the first half. And he also squandered possession a couple of times, didn't give us the drive that we would expect of a player playing in that position. And I thought he was pretty dreadful, to be honest with you. And you're right, yeah. he should have gone off at half-time. There was no one sitting in the town end that thought he shouldn't. Or change formation. Really. He came back yeah. out and he just he was just hiding. He was really hiding yeah. in that number 10 role. And in the second and then we got in the second half, I, he shirked a couple of challenges. And at that point, it was for the first time this season, actually, I saw some people getting angry with a player. You know, I've not, you know, I've seen a couple of them. We went to Peterborough and saw us lost, but everyone had credit there. And obviously later in the week, we've lost to Bradford, but everyone cleared, cleared, clapped us off at the end of that one. But there was some genuine anger with Dodds and a little bit with Beckles, actually, I thought. But we'll come to that in a minute. But yeah, Dodd, yeah. Dodd's not great. I thought Payne was completely wasted. Ollie, you'll probably agree with that. Completely wasted out left. And I know he's played there before and he didn't do too bad when we played at Doncaster in that role with Morris in, in the sort of number nine role. Did not work at Berry at all. He's a complete waste out there. So um, that's he's not a fielder, well. is he? I think I think no. that I think Payne playing on the left um, works really well. And now bear with me because when you got um, like I don't know, it sounds a bit silly, but so I think people understand what I mean. Is you know when you see Barcelona play, they have you know an attacking striker up on the on the flank. Yeah. But they're playing as a striker, aren't they? A wide striker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tucking in and Payne. If we're pushing on, we've got loads of possession, which obviously I imagine Hurst thought we would do, then Payne can be influential. But he's not an out-and-out winger. He doesn't get back and up and down like Wally and Rodman does. You know, he's not a natural winger, is he? So, yeah, it can. that position can work if he plays that kind of inverted forward. Mm. Uh, but it doesn't work, does it, when your midfield um, is completely dominated? And that's the thing that I found so strange. We didn't, we didn't change it earlier and didn't adapt yeah. to this because they were dominating the centre of the park, which what we have done. And we normally play our triangles and yeah, kind of create space through movement and passing. And it was clear that you know they were dominating that area. They were very narrow. Um, allowing yeah, their fullbacks to push on, and it was, it was yeah, strange, strange, wasn't it? Because yeah. Hurst has been very good at changing things. He even did, even did it against um, Bradford a couple of days later. You know, the, the changes he made during that game, I thought, all worked really well. And, and most in pretty much every game this season, he's done his job and you know changed shapes when we needed to. Like swap, swapping Beckles and um, Sadler around at Rotherham the week before was a really good bit of tactical management. And it was a little bit like he seemed a little bit stuck in the headlights. The performance was so bad. That you know he didn't change it for quite a long time in terms of that that formation. We did eventually, and I, I don't know. It, it made me feel a little bit like I know this is probably not true, but you know what Hurst is like. It starts to make me think: Did he want them to just go out there, and if they failed, they failed at Berry, you know? And it would have been embarrassing, and it was almost like that sort of kick up the arse. They didn't really need a kick up the arse, but also almost like a reality check for them to just say, look, we're doing well this season, but this is the sort of thing that can happen. I don't know. I, I doubt he wanted to let us lose the game and, you know, he, he didn't not want to change it. But even after the game, he said things, and I'm sure we'll come to that in a minute, but even after the game, he said things like, well, I looked at the bench and I didn't see things, see anyone who could change it. And then a few days later, Bryn Morris is that change at Bradford and he plays really well. And a lot of contradictory things, I thought, about the game mm. and, and how it went, really. And it, you can't be too critical at Hurst because of where we are this season, but it was, in, it was an interesting away game game and it just wasn't something I expected and it certainly as it evolved it evolved in a very different way to, the, to how we've been looking at Shrewsbury this season but yeah there we go it was, it was very strange and we've kind of gone about the generalities of it yeah. but I think this game was pretty poor in general sorry could I make a comment on, on your statement yeah you've yeah, been on, there about, um, about yeah whether he, I think I think one of the things I think you need to be a football manager is kind of almost patience and kind of um a bit, a lot of resilience. So yeah. I say, I say, Hurst was quite resilient not to change things too quickly. Yeah, too. And um, because right. let's say, for example, that Port Vale away game last season, where you know Dodds say was he wasn't really in the game or he came on and he, but then he did score. And there's a couple of times in the second half where he kind of got on the ball and he kind of made things happen. And yeah, you can, I can see Hurst certainly didn't want to lose. I, I noticed when he was doing the post match, he'd lost his voice. Mm. Um, so he clearly he wasn't very happy <laughs> yeah but it's an, but he doesn't normally shout a lot so it's obviously interesting no. that he was but I think yeah I think it's an interesting it's an interesting um, discussion about you know in terms of how quickly you change things now for us we were like let's change things immediately but you never know the game could have turned as games do and we could have dominated yep. in that formation but it didn't work this time um, so yeah I, we're not, you know, I think it's right to call that out but we're not mm. going to be too, too harsh on the bloke no no I don't want it to be too harsh yeah. on it and, and you know we're, we're still talking about the first half in general here exactly. aren't we and we've talked about the chances we coughed up and the amount of poor free kicks we gave away yeah and, luck, God, good, thank God they didn't have their shooting boots on yeah they, and they were poor and, and, and there's yeah. no doubt in my mind that Barry are a pretty goddamn poor team and that it was three points thrown away in, 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 all, in all honesty and, and we, when the, the game went on like that and you know we basically had our first attack, didn't we, towards the end of the half, and actually, you know, won a fair penalty. Morris did really yep. well in that moment, which some nice credit should be given to him. On the extended highlights, that's the first attack they showed. Yeah, well, that was pretty much all we had. I thought yeah. really, we had. A, I think we had a, a sort of one that went right across the box, didn't we? That someone could have got onto, but that was that was really it. Was 
so much berry on top it was embarrassing at times but um yeah so we got a penalty and then and to be honest with you I was sitting there thinking bang this in that's game over I thought Barry would crumble they've been crumbling in recent games they really hadn't you know got the mental strength that you would think that they would get back from 1-0 down they they you know not been doing that in recent weeks and so just needed someone to come up and, and bang it in and that didn't happen did it Oli? no it didn't it, it, it <laughs> certainly did not happen and um, have you watched his penalty back I, do you know what? I've, I've I've been a weakling this week. I don't. I'm getting annoyed with us having lost twice, so I've not looked at any of the highlights. But yeah, I, I saw it on the night, and he basically sort of seemed to toe end it onto the sort of yeah. Post even the worse post. than that, yeah. he hit it with the outside of his boot. Oh, did he? Oh, what a what a, what a tool! Yeah, yeah, what an idiot! Like, why don't you just hit it straight down the middle like every other penalty he's taken? I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's what he tried to do, and he, and he yeah. ruined it. But oh, it just it was a poor, poor penalty. Um, and when I, I I watched it back three or four times, so to make sure I was, you know, not um, kind of jumping the gun on uh, saying mm. something wrong. But he clearly couldn't. He, there was a player who kind of heads in the way, but you can the way he moves and strikes and the ball. It's clear that it hit the outside of his boot, especially the way the ball curls and moves off to the side. Yeah. Um, and that was poor. And then even just as poor as that, well, not as poor, but um, no, not exactly great. Was Payne's reaction to that, and then he he could have put the ball in the back of it as well. And I think a few, I think it had been three weeks ago. I think he would have done. Yeah, it's it's strange, isn't it? Because he obviously got the winning winning goal at Rotherham, um, yeah, which was a fantastic strike in in the circumstances. But yeah, people have been starting to say he's missing a lot of easy chances that he took at the start of the season. That certainly continued at Bradford, didn't it? Yeah. When we get to that game, and it it is a bit interesting. But you know, again, we can't be overly critical because no. of what he's been doing. But he certainly seems to have just lost his shoot, you know, his shooting boots for for a few games. But um, what was worse then? That's the interesting question people are asking. Was the penalty miss worse, or was Payne's miss worse? Penalty, definitely. Because <laughs> the penalty was worse. Yeah, because because um, it comes up and paying at a bit of a hot, an odd act, um, angle, um, yeah. and he has to react. And it is a bit of a funny height, you know, kind of like mm. knee height kind of thing. I think it's I think that's a bit harsh. I think personally to say that um, Payne's was worse. What no, I, I wasn't saying that. I just saw a few people sort of yep. saying it was just as bad. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Penalty you should always at least you know. I think people have been getting quite enthusiastic, haven't they, on, on yeah. social media in the last exactly. few um, last few days. So, yeah, half time was nil nil. So you know that wasn't great, but we, we were still sort of thinking, well, they can't be this. You know, they can't play that good for a second half, can they? That's what I kept thinking. You know, they'd been good. Anyway, I was talking to my brother, and then suddenly this mad guy uh, called Ollie Warner came down to have a talk to us at half time, and <laughs> seemed to be on the borderline mental breakdown. <laughs> Ollie, you were pretty raging about that first half, weren't you? Yeah, I think, and I think that's yeah. I was really, really annoyed at the kind of the manner that we were playing. Um, <laughs> And I think the the frustration is is that you know there's a high standards that we've given ourselves this season, yeah. um, and this just was not. Uh, this was a, a way below par performance, um, and it was just annoying that we were doing this, the sim- the bad the simple things. You know, just you know we don't play you know technically you know complicated football. We play quite basic, simple stuff, yeah. and we just weren't doing that. And the players just seemed team to be at it. And for yeah. me, I found I thought it was quite embarrassing that um, you know a team at the bottom of the league were out fighting us. Um, yeah. And yeah, it would be interesting being a fly in the wall um, um, with the players um, and Hurst after the game, and also in the meeting following. Yeah, because it just wasn't. It was just some of the basic stuff, wasn't it? It was. It was interesting because I think it was so bad that I have to say I don't think town fans really chanted or cheered or really got behind them all that much because it was so dispiriting for most of the game, wasn't it? A lot of us just sat in silence and thought, "Come on, give us something to get behind." And we really, we really didn't have it. The penalty, no. you know, was about the only thing in the first half and second half. We really didn't have much else, you know, that made you think. I think there was a couple of chances at the end we'll come to, but other than that. It wasn't really a very exciting game. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, it was was struggling. I was going to ask you this question at the end, Ollie, and again, another thing I've seen people talk about is, do you think that over the 90 minutes, we'll talk about it in a second half a minute, but over the 90 minutes, was that the worst performance you've seen the Paul Hurst team play, a Paul Hurst team play for us so far? Um, I, th- I think Paul Vale away last season. But, but yeah, I mean, that's I a mean comparison, this season, it? yeah. I think, I think this, I think you have, to, you have to judge it on this season, don't oh, you? Oh, easily Based this season. New players, worst, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this season it was definitely the worst in every, every aspect in terms of commitment. You know, I bet the running stats were in really poor. Um, you know, commitment, challenges, as you mentioned, Dodds pulled out of a few things. Mm. Um, it was really poor. But um, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing that also is really annoying so their goal was fantastic. So kind it of was their brilliant. Left back yeah. gets the ball, he charges forward on the halfway line, does a couple of one twos gets the ball back and now he's in the box and he just kind of pushes it um, past um, Henderson he didn't really have much of a chance because he was kind no. of you know, one-on-one um, it was a really really nice goal and yeah you, you know, it was a delightful goal to see um, unfortunately for town fans but yeah mm. where credit's due it was a good goal um, and then the goal gave them confidence um, and I had the pain of watching the extended highlights for the agenda today uh, and there was one bit where um, they were taking the mick 
Yeah, they, they were. were passing the ball around us. It was really poor, um, and, and the thing was, there was no reaction of our players. You know, they were taking the mick, passing the ball around, and our players weren't doing anything. There was no kind of hunger or aggression, and I think that's where I think that's where we can kind of link to Ogogo. Could you imagine Ogogo standing for that? No, he would he'd have be, steamed into someone. Yeah, he would have been steaming into someone, kind of setting the standard. And I think also he'd have been having a word with someone like Nolan or, or anyone, basically. You can't really, you know, we can't pull out anyone. Loads of players were really weak. Riley did it a few times. Um, you know, everyone was weak. Um, it was a weak performance. Um, and I think Agogo would have stood for that. And yeah, someone posted, didn't they, that, you know, obviously when Agogo doesn't play, we, our results are much worse. I did, yeah. We're, we're a 19% win ratio when Agogo doesn't start for us. Poor. Really yeah, poor. Yeah, it is poor. So, yeah, it's um, he's got to improve, obviously, because we've still got another game without him. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah and, and, you know, you expect one of our senior players to step up and, and shoulder a bit of the responsibility. And, you know, Matt Sadler is vice-captain. I didn't think, you know, he, he put in any kind of captain's performance, didn't he? No. And, you know, you've got Toto and Beckles who played a lot of games, you know, big blokes at the back who could have stepped up and they're not really interested in it. And then, you know, Nolan, it's not really his role, to be honest with you, at this stage of his career. Um, Godfrey's a young pro getting in the game, isn't he? And, Dodds has never been a sort of, you know, leader in that respect on the pitch, has he? So there wasn't really anyone else to do it. You know, Payne was stuck out on the left. It's not really his situation either. So, you know, you do miss that sort of heartbeat in the central midfield area when you haven't got a go-go there in terms of the leadership qualities. You know, Nolan and Godfrey offer a lot of different things in midfield that a go-go can't, and, and that's what they offer. But, yeah, it certainly felt like we were missing him. Um, not so much at Bradford for different reasons, but um, that's because I think Bryn, as we've talked about before, fits more of that, that role that a go-go does. And I think he did kind of provide, not leadership, but that, that drive in midfield that we were missing at Bradbury. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, interesting. What annoy- and what was annoying after that? I mean, their goal was really good, great finish, yeah. but that didn't annoy me as much as their bloody time-wasting afterwards. Oh, no, it was poor. The Jeez, goalkeeper man. was really bad, uh, and then <laughs> they were there to take the mick. And it's it's a wider problem, because I think it's getting more prevalent in games. Uh, like, their number 17 um, in the um, in the Bradford game went down. Clearly, he wasn't oh, injured. Yeah. He faked it. But then, I think we need to give some um, power to the referees. I think they should be able to book someone for unsporting behaviour. Um, and yeah, there was a lot of time wasting, and it, it, it you know it, it ruins the spectacle, um, and something needs to be done about it. Yeah, they started to crack down on the, a few things, haven't they? Like this, this they, you can get booked or red carded after a game, now, can't you? Because didn't that Everton guy he, yeah, he conned he the referee did. into a penalty and he got done afterwards? But it doesn't yeah, seem to be did. happening very often, as far as I can make out in the football league. I don't, not even sure if it's an, a football league thing. Maybe it's just a Premiership thing, and I've not, I've missed that. But um, yeah, it'd be good if they brought that back down here. Because yeah, you're right. In the last sort of five or six games, I do feel like, and we've done a bit of time wasting. To be honest, with you, Henderson's done yeah, a lot of time wasting. Yeah, going to corners and stuff, though, isn't it? But not, not. But I'd say we kind of we're we you know we're keeping below that line. We're not as bad. Yeah, we're not. We're going into the corners and. Yeah, Henderson taking a little bit of time getting the ball and stuff, but it's not we're not faking injuries and things like that, which is annoying. No, so just... yeah, so I think it's worth just kind of let's close the Berry game. Basically, I think we still could have drawn that game, couldn't we? You know. Yeah, so they they should have gone two 0 up, shouldn't they? Ollie? Yeah. You know, they missed at least two good chances passing it through us, and then yeah, they were trying to waste time, and they actually did for the first time with about ten minutes to go, just sit back a little bit too far, didn't they? And they. That we brought the shop on and we put a little bit more up into the box in terms of sort of direct balls to him and there was a couple of scrambles in the box and, and he had a toe poke yeah, he that he should have scored from. Yeah, and, and then we were right behind that, weren't we, as town fans, or we were where we were sitting. And so yeah, we could easily have got a draw out of the game, but to be honest with you, the way it's been going in front of goal to, in this this week particularly, it just it didn't go in, did it? And and Barry were, were good value for their win. You couldn't have um you couldn't have complained about losing that game at all, could yeah. you? So yeah, I think let's close that off now. I think we've covered all the problems, haven't we? In terms of in terms of all that. So yeah, it was going to be it was tough to pick a top three. Me and my dad, and my brother were walking back to the car, and I was saying, oh, I've got to pick a top three out of that for the podcast. Um, so I, I I did a bit of crowd crowd uh, sourcing of their views as well, and I think we were pretty much all on the same same point. So um, I went for Henderson. Who again? They, they had so much ball berry, and they put a lot into the box that he he made some good saves, and he did come out and claim his balls as, as brilliantly as he normally does. And it was the second good game in a row where he'd done that because he was really good at Rotherham as well. So um, yeah, that was that was Henderson for my man of the match. But then I went for Nolan and Godfrey as the next two. I think they at least worked hard in midfield. They didn't quite have the the desired results they normally get. But yeah, it was pretty tough from that point onwards. Once you get after looking at Henderson, everyone was pretty bang average, if not poor. Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to pick. A, I was yeah, seriously, that took a lot of time to try and think. <laughs> um, and I actually changed mine around. So yeah, I put Nolan first, Henderson second, and Riley third. Um, I thought Godfrey wasn't as um, prevalent or in the game as much as Nolan. But mm. to be honest, um, you know, 
Nolan Henderson and Riley can count themselves lucky they got points from us in terms of the top I, three. I think it's interesting he picked Riley. I, I thought he was one of the ones that struggled the most, particularly in the first half, and, and obviously then got con- got dropped for the Bradford game. We'll come on to talk about it now, and it it is interesting. His forms his forms been very up and down at times. Yeah, this but season, I don't think it? much came down his side. So he was a bit yeah. sloppy at times, but I think defensively he was a bit was quite robust. And mm. I think well, almost we're going on to the Bradford game, but I think almost um, that change was made because he had an option. Yeah, more true. than potentially Riley's formation so it was almost like a cross the bowels warning to others and, and also and Bolton hadn't really deserved to have been dropped no. as such because no, I think it massively wrong but yeah no. so so very quickly I'll do some three word match reports and we'll do Paul Hurst so um, mm-hmm. so basically too many changes change winning formula from Andy Ward um, <laughs> someone called Steve Mann saying it's beat Bradford Saturday that didn't happen oh, Carl no. Ward and me miss a go-go um, Phil Rose still hadn't calmed down at, at 10 to 10 he's saying I can't comment <laughs> Um, yes, Dave Bolden. I um, wasn't expecting that. Um, and then, yeah, a lot, quite a few can't comment. Um, fickle fans, so people are kind of getting reaction. But I think you had to be there to kind of realise how poor it was. Yeah, um, I think that's true. And I think it was worth, you know, just just to cut you off there. It was one of those ones where you know people are saying, "Oh, look at our position in the league. We're still top of League One." But I'm sorry, when you do throw in a total rubbish performance like that, you have to expect a little bit, yeah. a little bit of pushback from fans to say. It's not good enough, this lads. To be honest yeah. with you, and to be honest with you, they picked up for the Bradford game. The performance was much yeah, better, so yeah. maybe that little bit of a of a sort of thinking, you know, that's not good. There's no way the Shrewsbury Town fans uh, players did not know that was a poor performance yeah. and, and wanted. To you get saw, it on you saw that in the well, interviews, didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah. yeah, in the Twitter and interviews. So I'll just do two more. Um, so Ryan Phillips had absolute rubbish performance, which I think sums everything up. And then also <laughs> Mark Caswell said, "I hate Berry, and I hate playing Berry away as well." We never seem to get the results that we. No. It's really they're they're like a bogey. They are a berry away is a bit of a, becoming a bit of a bogey tie for us. It definitely is. I, I can't. You know, we've lost there so many times now in big games, and look what happened last season with Alab getting sent off and throwing the points away. There, it's just every season something rubbish happens, doesn't it? And it's just yeah. it's never. It's one of the nicest trips in terms of it's quite close to get to. We all seem to just mess it up there. So there we go. It's a bit them and Walsall. I don't really like those away trips, but they're the closest we've got. So there we go. Yeah, yeah there we go. So Hursty was not happy. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was not happy at all. And as I said, he lost his voice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so he was saying it wasn't good enough. I think for all the praise and got on Saturday, we fell short today. Um, first half, there wasn't much in it. We obviously had to miss the pen. Um, it was a clear shout. Then with the second half, we didn't really get started. Um, we huffed and puffed and one decent effort, uh, but we flattered to Steve. Um, so, yeah, it, as he said, it wasn't loads in the game. And um, he normally try and keep, he's honest in terms of it wasn't good enough, but I think he obviously keeps their... Um, the, the the details and the criticisms obviously for behind closed doors which is fair yes. enough yeah yeah and there was no point in throwing the baby out with the bathwater no, it was one loss was there like that so no. fair enough so yeah so I yeah so hopefully it didn't take you too long to get home I um, went to um, that um, the pub that most people go to after the game I had a pint there oh, and right, then okay. got in the car and drove on the M62 which is obviously had a lot of work done on it um, and it was empty and it was all floodlit and it was nice. So it was, yeah, it was kind of like yeah, driving on a nice empty motorway for a change. Dreamy. It was quite a nice drive. So I went to the middle of nowhere near Leeds. Um, and then, yeah, I went to see a supplier the next day, potential supplier. So, yeah, uh, my it wasn't planned at all. <laughs> it was all complete fluke. It, you know, it yeah, looks lucky like, that, Ollie. It looked like I planned it. But, yeah, I, I claimed my fuel driving to the game and I got mm. a free hotel. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, that was the end. I went... I won't tell you what time I got home, Ollie, because uh, after getting a speeding ticket driving back from Doncaster, I'm going to keep it stumped for the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but it didn't take us as long to get home as it took us to get there. So that was good. So um, so there we go. We'd lost. Everyone got back, and you, you took a couple of days to sort of shake it off, didn't you? Because it was a bit. It was a niggler. Yeah, and, it was um, a niggler. Yeah. But then you have to remember where you are in the league table and yes, all that stuff. Exactly. We can obviously comment on that again after the Bradford game. And then it did put the pressure on a little bit more on the Bradford game, then didn't it? Unfortunately yeah. for us, and, and everyone was expecting a, a, a response. Um, and you know the overall summary of that game is is, is that we lost one 0 which is does not again does not give the tale of that game unfortunately. Um, so yeah, we had seven thousand one hundred sixty five fans in. Um, and Bradford normally we beat Bradford. They've only won at the Meadow once uh, going into this game, the, the new Meadow um, since we moved stadiums. So you know the form was on our side. Um, but unfortunately, yeah, we lost, which meant our unbeaten home record went, didn't it, Ollie? Yeah. Which is a shame. Um, so that's the first home loss in the league this season. Yeah, some interesting stats that have changed around and, and pre-match there. Um, but the good news was. Ollie, it was the team selection. It was a bit more back to basics, wasn't it? Yeah, it was back to basics. It was back to kind of the winning kind of formula. Um, it was yep. quite interesting. We had Henderson in goal. Um, Bolton uh, was at um, right back. Um, 
Yeah, Toto Beckles um, and Sadler. Bryn Morris played in the um, the deep um, um, deep role in midfield with Wally, mm-hmm. Godfrey, Nolan and Rodman in midfield. So Rodman was back from his mysterious ankle injury. And we'll yeah, come on to that in a second. Um, and Payne. So yeah, so it was good to see Bolton back. And so I do like Bolton. He's a good player. He's a nice lad and he, he tries really hard. And um, he's you know, he's not the most gifted footballer, but you know, you know what you're going to get from him. And he always tries to do the right thing, which is great. Um, Bryn Morris playing in the defence midfield role was quite interesting. Um, Hurst said that um, Bryn, is, Bryn is the better footballer than Godfrey uh, yeah, and Godfrey's, uh, Godfrey's obviously better a bit more physical and also he said he's better defending so interestingly he played in that deeper role um, mm. and I guess that was almost uh, you know a tonic um, to kind of recover our ills of the last game that you know there was that missing that kind of passing and also then God Nolan's a bit further up and I actually quite liked it Godfrey and Nolan in that position was quite good wasn't it it was quite gave a lot of energy in that area of the pitch yeah yeah it was good uh, you know, we could talk about Bryn and what he did during the game, but I thought he was pretty fantastic yeah. um, sitting in that role and, and dictating the play and bringing it out from the back and making sure that Beckles wasn't forced into hitting his ridiculous long balls forward. Um, he could come and, you know, be that link in between that we were missing. Um, and yeah, then tactically, it just felt like we knew what we were doing. You know, that's what we're used to. That's It's like when Hurst got us playing four four two towards the end of last season that really worked well, didn't it? You know, we were drilled into a tactic. Everyone knew their role. Everyone knew where they were going. It didn't really matter what personnel switched around. It seemed to be fine. I think, unfortunately for Hurst at the moment, this is plan A. You know, this this tactic of the three midfielders in a sort of triangle, the two wide wingers and Payne up front or, or Carlton Morris. You know, everyone knows their role in that tactic, doesn't it? And unfortunately, our issue is that our plan B, that we generally need for using against the poorer teams or the teams that sit deep, or if we've got suspensions or injuries like we had last week, plan B is the one that doesn't work very well. Plan A works fantastic, you yeah. know, and, and plan B is the one that he needs to work on. So potentially that's where he'll be looking at recruitments, um, yeah. you know, in terms of players in January, because it doesn't feel like the, the lads we've got now really work in plan B. And so plan B might require more changes of a team in terms of the personnel. But we'll have to see what happens in January with that. But yeah, plan A I like. <laughs> and it worked ben, well again. That was... Um... I have to say, Glenn, and I hope this doesn't come across as a condescending, but that was, yeah, that was excellent analysis. Yeah, really. That was, there, yeah, mate. that was good. That was, no, that was really good. And exactly, that's exactly right. We don't have a plan B sometimes. Our plan A works really well. Yeah. Um, and I think also it's, um, Hurst is making quite a few subtle hints, hasn't he, about, well, not even that subtle, about no. transfer window and extra players. And if we don't have Rodman and Wally playing well, and if Nolan isn't on form, um, yeah, we kind of really struggle um, in terms of going forward. Um, so, yeah, I think we definitely need a couple of wide men. But we can talk about that more when we get yep. closer to January. But, yeah, no, yep. that's really good observation, Glenn. Yeah, I'm sure the, sure the fans will uh, enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, you enjoyed it, Ollie, so that's the main thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we're happy with the team. And, and, and you know, I I'd, I'd said r- roughly after the Berry game, um, they'd sent Toto out, I think it was. Or it might have been Beckles. I can't remember which, which lad it was now. But it, it was a thing in the press saying... Um, Bradford going to expect a, a rejuvenated town team with a, with a point to prove, and they definitely did have a point to prove, and and they had a really positive start. I thought, you know, they really got to grips with the game after a minute or two of settling into it, and yeah, it was a really good positive start, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was a very very good start, and mostly happened on the right, which is good for us because we were on that yes. side of the the ground. Yeah, um, yeah, plenty of crosses and lots of possession in the final third. So there was um, one where Godfrey had a header after he ran into the box and was a broad, um, and then Bolton had a shot cross, which yeah. should have been a corner. So a lot of people cleared that. And um, yeah, I've put a quote from the commentary and the extended um, highlights where the guy says that you know Bradford weather an early storm, which I thought was quite mm. a, yeah quite an apt way of just kind of summarising that. Um, but it's clear that Bradford are a good side because they did um, hit us on the counter, didn't they? Yeah, they were good on the counter. And I have to say, across the game, you, ha- you can't do anything but commend their defensive performance. Yep. You know, For all the ball we had and the nice, neat play in midfield and the crosses we put in there, their, their centre-backs and then the third centre-back they chucked on later in the game. Man, they made some good blocks and shots and, and, you know, and got to everything they needed to. And then, again, the keeper, who I believe was only playing his second game of the season. I yeah, he's he was, a um, German sub-goalkeeper of theirs. Yeah, so... He he did well when when he was called upon as well. So some a lot of credit to Bradford for a lot of good work actually. But yeah, there was a couple of times where they did break on us, and um, that was clearly going to be the main tactic they had as we started to dominate the game. But Toto was there for the one shot, didn't he? Block that um, inside the box. It was a really good block. Um, and there was a couple of other good counters they had as well that we sort of knocked on the head quite early. And again, that was where Bryn Morris came into the game. He was really good at breaking up a few of their counters or just nicking in and getting the ball and passing it on to one of the two attacking midfielders. So yeah, it was good, but. We had a lot of chances in that half, yeah. didn't we? Jeez. Well, yeah, just look, obviously, and the, those guys, obviously, listen to the pod, can't see the agenda, but yeah, there was not <laughs> many lines um, for the Brevy game, 
but yeah, I, I totaled it all up and we'll go through most of them. But yeah, I said there's like maybe 11 chances. There was, yeah. Um, in that game. So yeah, kind of going through a few of them. So there was good link up with Payne. I think Payne got a lot of criticism online. Um, but mm. I thought his link up play was really good actually. And kind of watching the game back, kind of in the cold light of day, he, he, he played uh, as a good link up man, especially against that huge central defender he was playing against. He did a good job. He's massive. Yeah, so there was um, one where, yeah, um, Rodman comes in, passes to Nolan, back to Payne, and then, yeah, um, the ball hits his stand leg which was a really he wasn't even offside either and that nope. was just a terrible miss and kind of sums up Payne's luck in the last few games yeah, um, yeah it almost felt like he thought he was offside Do yeah you know I mean? it was one of those but finishes, he hit his standing it? leg and bounced off the wrong way and it, yeah it looked a bit <laughs> comical um yeah Payne linking up again pays off to low um Godfrey ran into the box that's um, a great run that yeah did you think it was a pen I, to be honest, I say I've not seen the replay back on the on the day. I didn't think it was a pen. Nah. Uh, thought it was just and one of those ones where he was running. He got shouldered off the ball, didn't he? Yeah, he kind of just got one. bullied yeah. a little bit and pressured. And yeah. there's quite a few of them. And yeah, he didn't. To be fair, um, Knight first will put his arms out, going, "What was that? That wasn't a pen." But he didn't make anything. And true, no one really. The fans didn't really claim anything either. NKP was good, wasn't he? Yeah, he was really he's a good. Considering player, isn't he? him and Payne had a really good battle. Actually, I thought it was yeah. pretty pretty fifty fifty during the game, but. Um, yeah, there you go. I thought, you know, in terms of Godfrey for that penalty, I thought his be- better chance was the header a bit later on yep. from that Wally free kick. It was actually criticised him for his delivery a little bit, and actually his delivery in this game was 50-50. Some of the best stuff we did this week was from Wally. Yep. You know, a lot of these chances were from Wally, but also probably did exactly the same amount of mistakes from, from other crosses because we had so much ball. But that's what you get from isn't it? We've talked about that. We'll yeah. go on that again. But yeah, that header to back post for Godfrey, I, I, that was the one where I thought he should have scored. So by then, yeah, we definitely should have scored then. Ugh, yeah. And then we had, yeah, Bolton to Wally, to Nolan, to, to Wally, shoots over. So it was a lot of kind of back to basics in terms of our play, in terms of quick yeah. passes, running up the opposition, um, a bit like Barry did to us. Um, so that was, yeah, good offer from Wally of his left foot, but went over. I thought he was going to score that one. That was, yeah. It was like classic Wally, wasn't it? The drive in and then, then that shot into the top corner and one too far over, to no. be fair. It was a good effort. Yeah. And then there was one another one for, for Nolan where he strikes over after he yep. got uh, after Godfrey um, laid it off the Sadler. And this is where Godfrey was, you know, he was linking the play um, in attacking areas, which was good. Yeah. Um, and then there was the one where... Um, uh, Payne um, got the ball again held off the defender turned and stroke and he absolutely smashed, smashed the ball it. yeah it yeah. was a, a real strong hit but unfortunately he kind of like went off a bit crazy kind of you know in terms of the light of all these <laughs> days and kind of sort of zipped off um, actually the commentary said that should have been a, a corner but uh, I'm not sure they were claiming it yeah I'm not, I'm not sure in real time yeah oh well and he had another he had another chance didn't he later yeah, on as well he that, did. that he didn't, didn't score as well so you say 11 chances in the first half I'm not surprised by that we we absolutely dominated that first half it was it was one of those ones where you were like it was already feeling like and I'm you know Shrewsbury Town fan like we're going to lose this because we've missed so many chances. You don't generally you don't create that many good chances in a game and not take them and get away yeah. with it, you know. And and we created even more in the second half, which is annoying, but uh, just frustrating, wasn't it? That first half in terms of it, frustrating in that we played that good and hadn't made it count for anything. No, it was frustrating. But um, yeah, in terms of um, reaction to Tuesday night, um, it was Brilliant. a much better performance. Um, oh, and, you know, and, and Hurst often talks about performances. And you see, um, it seems to be like a modern manager language. You know, talk about performances. You know, as long as you play well, the results will come and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely an improved performance. Um, so that was really good to see. Um, just a shame we couldn't take our chances. And it was against one of the better teams in the division, wasn't it? You know, we we were really really dominating. You know, one of the best teams in the division. Like we've beaten. You know, do we beat? Oh, I can't remember we beat now, but we we drew Blackburn, didn't we? And beat Wigan, didn't we? So we're showing we can go up with these better teams in this division. You know, we, we played top. Is it? We played a couple of the teams in the top six, seven, haven't we? And had a pretty good record so far, other than Saturday. So we can't really say that we're not really up there with them, are we? We're not fluking it. We've, we've been good against the good teams and poor against the poor teams, which is a bit of a weird thing sometimes. So yeah, there we go. So yeah, half time. I, I was still, you know, feeling like we. we Probably we're going to get a sucker punch, but you still thought, well, now we'll get the next goal. It's going all right. But yeah, it wasn't to be, was it? And started the same way. Can't really complain. Didn't didn't drop the intensity. Kept going at them and had the first few shots in the second half, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was good. So we had, um, so yeah, we had a Wally header from a sad lacrosse uh, yeah. back at deep. Um, and then, yeah, there was one where Payne had a good effort in the six-yard box um, and he shot oh. and the keeper saved it. Um, yeah. And at this point, we thought, you know, let's keep on going. Let's try and get the... Um, just really trying, yeah, right. and unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way, did it? Because um, after 55 minutes, um, they scored. And it was a kind <laughs> it of was against the, the ultimate sucker punch. 
It was completely sucker punch, wasn't it? They they hadn't even had that many counters in the second no. half. We've been, if anything, dominating it a little bit more. And yeah, they broke away. Fantastic ball, wasn't it? Through yeah, the goal. Brilliant and ball. Sadler just got caught. Out he was on the wrong side, there, wasn't he? Yeah, the, yeah. the kind of the classic Sunday League football. You're on the wrong side, get goal side. Um, he was on the wrong side. And... Still thought we'd be fine because, you know, Henderson was there and there was covering defenders. But it was one of the covering defenders that eventually scored the OG, wasn't yeah. it? Toto sort of slid to block it and it's ballooned up and Hendo's gone the wrong way. And it was just. Oh, it was all the all the shades of unluck that you get when you get in that horrible sucker punch goal, and it was it was so unfortunate. A great break from them, but unfortunate. It was unfortunate. Do you blame Toto? No, you got to kind of get something on it, haven't you? I think in that situation, not really. No, yeah, I've not think, seen the replay though, so I'm going yeah, on what I saw on the day. I've kind of like, I think like um, Nciala was marking their striker. So I yeah. don't think necessarily needed to dive in, but if he do, yeah. if he if he'd done what he did and he went out for a, throw, a corner or a throw in, you'd gone yeah, great defending. So yeah. I don't think I'm experienced enough as a football league defender <laughs> to really comment too much. But yeah, no. it's just one you'd question. But um, yeah, it's it was unfortunate, and and it was one of those ones that took a long time for their fans to realise it actually gone in. Yeah, it was funny, wasn't it? It was really interesting because there was sort of a real delay, wasn't there? And yeah. then they just exploded didn't they so yeah they they were pretty noisy during the whole game actually their fans but I thought town fans were also pretty well supportive and particularly you know after we went 1-0 down the fans really rallied Ollie yep. did you not think it was it was fantastic to see us getting behind them even yep. though we were behind and you know didn't deserve it and they were trying there was a lot of people sort of saying keep your heads up and you know you don't deserve that keep going town you'll get this and yeah, it just went back to the same pattern, really, didn't it? They, they had a couple more breaks in the second half. Um, there was one where they scored a goal and it was offside, wasn't it? Which was funny because that time the Bradford fans all did celebrate straight away and then they, then they had to go quiet because it was offside. But um, yeah, it just went back to us kind of creating chances then and we sort of changed it a little bit and Hurst was not afraid to keep putting strikers on, was he? Obviously um, brought Carlton Morris on um, and then later on brought old, uh, the shop on as well, didn't he? But yeah. it wasn't to be. What, what were some of those chances, Ollie, that you, you sort of noted in the agenda there yeah I thought um, I thought um, Carl Morris's um, run and um, and shot the keeper was a good one um, he had yeah. to kind of parry that away there was one where Rodman came the keeper save as well but obviously Bradford did score didn't they again but he was offside which is yeah you funny. said that yeah yeah, yeah sorry yeah. sorry just right. um, sorry I don't expect you to listen to everything sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry and then um, yeah the Wally effort was saved as well and that was the one that came up on the short highlights on TV yeah and then there was a big scramble at the end that was amazing. That yeah. was literally amazing, wasn't it? Because obviously by that point we were we were getting towards injury time, weren't we? And only three minutes of injury time. You know, normally when we're in that situation, it's like eight minutes at the moment, yeah. isn't it? But yeah, it was um, Dino coming up for corners and and yeah, that scramble in the box was mental. It was like all all twenty two players seemed to just all be on the ball, kicking it at each other. Yeah. And um, yeah, it got bounced around. And, and I, lo- I noticed after it eventually got cleared, I think it was Carlton Morris had come over and he was talking to I think Rodman maybe I can't remember. And he was like, you could see the anguish on his face that during that melee. He'd obviously had a massively good chance to score, and they they not they blocked it away. So yeah, it was a, there was a, a fantastic couple of chances within that little melee. I think we probably had like four shots in a row there. Yeah. So it does show how many how many chances we had in that. Half it was a well. mess. Um, it's unfortunate it didn't happen, did it? Didn't go in, did it? And um, yeah, there we go. So we'd say we Hurst did everything he could. Um, you know, from sending Hendo up to corners, and then Hendo played right wing. Yeah, and that was a like bit a Peterborough. interesting. And he put a really, really good ball into the box in the last yeah, minute. Yeah, he did. You know, just and the then, but then, and then the ball came out, and then Nolan um, kind of like hit, hoofed it up really high. <laughs> it was like, yeah, there was, I think it's worth to say that you know, while we did play much better, there was still you know some League One passing and League One crossing oh, and yeah. stuff like that, which yeah. you'd expect. But but to be honest with you, I would expect nine times out of ten for us if we're playing like that to easily win the game. Yeah. It was that good of a performance, I think. And it was the total antithesis of Berry. It was completely the opposite. Even way better than we played at Rotherham. Yeah. You know, better than we played in lots of the games we won, better than we played at Doncaster, which we won, Rotherham that we won, probably a few other games I could think of, you yeah. know, where we scored last minute goals. Fleetwood probably. It was a really good performance and it just it's annoying. It's so annoying to have lost two games this week because one we deserve to lose and one we didn't deserve yeah. to lose. And if you'd have took three points this week, I'd have been more than happy. We'd still be top and everyone would be buzzing. And everyone is still buzzing really about yeah, this exactly. season. But it's a bit of a gutter to, to lose two games and to lose it in that nature um, was it. But one thing I will say, total credit to Bradford. I thought in terms of defensive shape and organisation and will to want to clear the ball and scramble it away, probably one of the best teams I've seen this yeah. season. And I think they're really good, obviously normally attacking because they've scored so many goals. But 
their defence is obviously very solid as well and I would really rate them as one of the top teams to be challenging us for the automatic promotion places if if not if we don't fall away you know I think they were really good and I think for us to have been that good against them was a real credit to us and it really shows us this season of where we're going yeah definitely I think it was quite nicely summed up by um, their um, their official and Facebook page um, oh, and yeah. they said they said what a win for the Bantams second best for long periods Sitterly absolutely battled for their um, battled their way to a tremendous victory on the road get in there so you know little old Shrewsbury and all that as well you know yeah, put into context yeah. where we are and all that kind of stuff um, you know and their fans really celebrated and, and some Shrewsbury fans just questioning why they were celebrating it you know and you know, you've got to remember you know we are having a phenomenal season we were yep. top we are still four points ahead of, of Bradford with a game in hand you know yep. We know, and Paul Hurst said this going into the kind of um, Lewis Cox was asking him about you know a little Shrewsbury and how we'll do and all this kind of stuff. And Hurst was like, well, you know, we're doing well this season now. You know that kind of like you know surprise is gone. Um, so that's why I think they were so jubilant to beat us because you know we are a scalp. You know, you're top yep. of the league, you're a scalp, and and I think also I think they were fair and you know we've we've played Barry and Bolton a lot, haven't we? In the last, Bolton, Barry and Bolton, Bradford over the last few seasons. <laughs> we've played a lot of teams yeah. beginning with B recently, but there we go. But Bradford, we've played them a lot, haven't we? In the last few years, and I think there's a bit of respect between our fans. We play each other quite a lot on the whole. Uh, you know, we normally mm. get quite a nice reception when you go there, and yeah, they um, they, they they saw what the game what it was, and um, yeah, they knew that we we kind of dominated this game. So yeah, it was quite. It was quite unfortunate, but I think frustrating in a different way. So Barry was frustrating because it was just awful, but this game was frustrating because yeah, we created a lot of chances. I think I created total up until about sixteen chances, which is a lot. Yeah, uh, we can't complain too much because no. there's been games this season where we've been you know not as good and scored in the last minute and nicked it. So it, it swings around and isn't it? If you take it across the context of the season, first home loss in you know towards the end of November, you're not really going to complain too much, are you? But yeah, it, it's more about the nature of, of the results this week um, in terms of how they happened. So. Yeah, there we go. I mean, we should just quickly talk, Ollie, about there was a bit of funniness happened after the game. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was our oh, stewarding, really, because it was a guy that ran on the pitch towards the end, which yeah. was a bit of a weird time to run on, wasn't it? Because we, yeah. <laughs> we were going for one of our last attacks and the, and the referee blew the whistle up and stopped it. And um, I know there's a lot of things going on about the guy that ran on and it's probably not worth us getting involved in that for, but, for the sake of it, to be honest with you, Ollie. Yeah, well, I think just just make one comment. So so um, as running the Facebook group, I did get a message from his mother, Um Okay. And um, yeah, she, and she was happy for me to say this on the podcast. So yes, yeah, so the young lad has autism and he has learning difficulties. Um, and apparently, oh, yeah. he was absolutely devastated after the game, and he was really, really upset. Okay. So um, yeah, it's it's a, it's one of the, it's an unfortunate thing, and I'm sure um, I'm sure he obviously he was upset about it as well. So I think yeah, I think that's, that's enough said there. But I think yeah, he's probably going to get banned though. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not rules sure. are applied. You probably will get banned. You might do, but um, hopefully, hopefully, some sentence will prevail. But um, mm. yeah, but so, but it, but you may raise a good point. So yeah, so the reason you wanted to mention this because obviously the safe standing. Yeah, so obviously we're trying to prove to these safety authorities that we can do things correctly. And you know, someone runs on the pitch and and runs close to. He looked like he was going for the ref at one point. Did you not think? He runs on, sort of comes up to cover our players, and is gesticulating and doing all sorts, regardless of who it was or what what the reason was for it. And not one steward's on the pitch trying to stop it. Not not one steward ran on the pitch and then you've got your goalkeeper going over to try and sort the situation out like that you know he's run from the other end of the pitch I, I, I know I know these guys are not getting paid very much and a lot of them probably do it voluntarily but you know if they're doing that role surely there's some sort of you know club process for invaders on the pitch and it isn't the first time it happened do you remember when we played Galatasaray in pre-season yeah and a guy ran on and he went straight up to Didier Drogba and we, we joke about it you know if one of these times someone's got a knife or, or some sort of you know thing to hurt a player with or you know if something like that has happened you know with one of these crisis clubs our stewards and, and our safety authority are going to be screwed because there's going to have been that incident and it hasn't been stopped or you know, even attempted to be stopped. He just was lying on the pitch at the end and then eventually a, a steward walked on from the, the Roland Witchley stand and sort of escorted him off. And I don't want to be too harsh, but, you know, that was one thing and that was bad enough, really, when we're trying to prove that we can run a safe standing area safely. The next thing, then at the end of the game, so I came out, I had my little lad with me because um, I had to take him to the game on Saturday because um, he's actually starting to like it, Ollie. It's a bit of a worry. <laughs> um, so we came out and the green gate was open and all of a sudden I'm just coming out of like the middle bit of the of the back of the west end and a glass pole lands within about 20 foot of me smashed all over the floor and luckily it didn't hit anyone and then a little later on another one come flying over and I think it might have even hit someone because I heard someone scream out um but apparently uh, the green gate had got opened I think town fans apparently had been rocking it and it just wasn't safely secured it went down and there was a, like a very small little I'm going to call it a mini riot before the police ran round and split it all up and then apparently there were some people walking up Super Blues Way that were also getting sort of abuse from the Bradford fans and maybe things were thrown and 
just you know things like that we're a small little club and i think we we take it easy and we've obviously got a, a security policy in in charge and i just you know for both of those things to happen in one game i do wonder whether it just needs a bit of a review and we've only just changed our um the safety officer for the football club so he's only been in position maybe two or three games so he's obviously got a, a ton of work to do and just you know two things like that at the time when we we're trying to deal with all these safety issues didn't think it was too good, Ollie. Don't know about you. Yeah, it wasn't good. It wasn't nice to see, and I saw people were um, arguing, shouting, and stuff um, yeah. on the sidelines. But um, yeah, no, it was frustrating. Um, but um, yeah, it's some people ruin it for the for the majority, wasn't it? It was a minority. Um, so hopefully, you'll be able to take action. But um, yeah, back to the football. Um, top threes. Top three, yeah, top three. Back to the football. There we go. Um, yeah, my top three. It was a bit easier to pick for the Bradford game, wasn't it? For sure. Um, so I went for uh, Bryn Morris, as, as I've talked about at the start of the podcast and all the way through. I thought he was the answer to the question of what we do without a go-go. I thought he played brilliantly, linked the play up, um, played some very nice through balls, was there when we needed him. And actually, when you looked at him, he was quite, you know, Ging people up and, and doing that sort of a go-go role, even though he wasn't normally a captain. He was he was actually sort of trying to get people going. So I thought he was fantastic. Um, I thought Bolton was really good at right back, considering he'd come back in again and he's been in and out. He was solid. Didn't let anything really come down his side. Didn't didn't probably provide as much going forward as Riley does sometimes, but you couldn't complain about his performance, and, and he made some vital stops. Um, and then, despite my initial, you know, I, I don't want to talk about Wally too much, but he did really well. You know, one of my friends was saying, I was sort of saying I wouldn't have put him anywhere near man of the match, but you know, a friend of mine called Gareth on Twitter was sort of saying, well, you've got to remember that almost all of our good attacking play came through Sean Wally. Which is fine, which is which is fair enough. But you know, also there was a lot of times where he didn't put a particularly good cross in. However, I completely get the merit of what he's offering us at the moment, and that's why I think it's only fair to put him as number three because he did offer us a lot going forward in the game. Um, and I know you've got him in your top three as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went for for Bryn Morris. I thought he had an excellent game. Um, Worley and Godfrey. I thought Godfrey was good. Godfrey was good going forward. Yeah, you yeah, put Bowling, yeah. and obviously I think he had a good game as well. Um, so yeah, so that was fair. So, um, what did um, the manager have to say? So, yeah, um, he was asked, <laughs> was he disappointed not to get a draw? And yeah, he was. Um, and he said, yeah, at least we went toe-to-toe with a very good team. Um, right. Large part, we had the better of the game, and in truth. But yeah, um, but yeah he always loves the, f- the phrase, in truth, which is quite funny. Um, um, but he said, <laughs> is that his is, is small fine margins? Yeah, yeah he did actually say fine we... margins. So, I don't know if Ian Richard has told him, you don't say fine margins at Shrewsbury anymore. Um, but he did say it, and but you have to take your chances. And he said, we're mis- uh, misfortunate when the goal was conceded and we're unlucky. And he says, the performance gives me hope. I'm quite happy with improvement in performance. Um, he said, Bradford normally dominate teams and they and they didn't. Actually, it's a stat that we forgot to mention at the start of the pod. Um, oh, right. that Bradford are the top scorers in the league. Oh, okay. 18 goals. Um, so they're very good away from on the way, aren't they, as well, on the way from home. So yeah. that was good. So obviously we... we we you know, they didn't even score their own goal without how well we defended. Um, mm. Mixed feelings, we're not too down. Um, goal scoring um, t- just lost us, which we've kind of pointed on, haven't we, in both games that you know we w- weren't quite there and Payne missed a few chances, for example. Um, He'll come back though. Yeah, and he did mention you know because after the game he was saying yeah, the formation wasn't that different against Berry, but he did mention here we went back to three midfield players in there, which yeah. is quite funny. And he said Brink, That's can, the key. yeah, exactly. He said Brink can be pleased and Bolts can be pleased. So yeah, I think the, I think the formation is um, kind of tying things up. The formation was um, helped into having that, that that trio in the middle of yeah no I, I totally agree yeah it definitely helps and I just think that you need the three in there at the moment and, and you know have we got the best players in the league no we work hard and we work as a unit and I think that that unit and, and the way that we play is basically surround it, it needs those three midfielders for everyone to work around so yep. yeah I think that's totally fair enough Ollie and um, yeah that was that really I suppose we'll wrap up those games we've got a bit of a break now um, before we play our next league game, we're going into the FA Cup, so probably comes at a good time. So yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up that one there, Ollie, and we'll go into Salop News. That's a loose header. Falls to Hibbert. Hibbert shoots on the volley. What a goal from David Hibbert! Almost knocked from Hibbert. So Salop News. So we'll go around the grounds very quickly. Um, so yeah, a good three-one away win for Wigan against Rotherham. So they're just kind of yeah, yeah getting into a, a bit of form now, aren't they? They're really kind of thundering along now. Mm. Um, interesting Rochdale beat Peterborough 2-0 so that was a good win for them um, yep. pulls them up um, They would, I think they were actually in the relegation zone before because now they're on 20 points 
we haven't been looking down there though, have we? So we don't really know. Um, and Blackburn <laughs> won again against Bristol Rovers 2-1. So Wigan and Blackburn are really starting to kind of get a steam, bit of steam together. Um, and interestingly, Warsaw um, got a win away at Wimbledon. Wimbledon seemed to be much better away from home, which has been an interesting one. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? So look yeah, at... They got a point against us, though. Yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. It, it, it just say about that, we didn't mention it in the last section, but that meant we dropped down to second. Yeah, it did. But the gaps down to the, the edge of the playoffs are still like 11 points or something like that. Still yeah, so Portsmouth gap, so... have got 29 points. Dave... Oh, I don't really like. I, I, I want the prediction of everyone that Portsmouth can do really well not to come true, but they seem to be coming. <laughs> yeah, put, they're five points from Charlton, who are sixth, um, and they and Charlton have got thirty-four points, but Portsmouth have got twenty-nine points. So yeah, there's still quite a big gap there in, um, at the moment. Um, but mm. we're happy with where we are, and we're happy with the season so far, so we can't complain. Too right. So anyway, in terms of sound news, there's only one thing on the agenda this week, Ollie, because you prepared it. Because um, I've been busy dealing with children's birthday parties this weekend, and it just says Leeds fan story, and I have absolutely no idea. What you're yeah. about. What's this? So it's a funny one. So we all like our goalkeepers this season, and we like um, Dean Henderson's um, kind of um, uh, you know his passion and, and you know and his, his engagement with the fans. And it's interesting that Dean Henderson came prepared with a cap, but the Leeds fan no, didn't did. have a cap this week, um, and um, one of the fans gave him his cap, um, and then yeah. the goalkeeper <laughs> at the end of the game had a picture taken with him and gave him his shirt. So I thought that was quite oh, a, nice, awesome. a nice little news story to kind of share with oh, everyone. That's quite good. I bet Dean Anderson was mortified he had to wear a cap. He <laughs> ruined his hair, exactly. His perm. He'll have to have it re-permed today, on Monday or something. Yeah, he will. He will. There was another story, wasn't there, where about, I don't know what team it was now, where someone was, one of the fourth officials got injured and the and a player, one of the fans who was um, watching the game had to come down and be the fourth official. Did you see that one this weekend? I only just briefly saw it, so I'm not too sure of the details. We should look that one up. On yeah, I saw like that. A similar sort of story. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> on the BBC. The BBC did a summary, didn't they? The football league. I haven't listened. To, yeah. I haven't actually listened, but and watched Reddit. But yeah, I saw that. So yeah, predictions. Um, we both got this one wrong because uh, we didn't predict a um, a defeat for Shrewsbury. Um, so no points, and I still lead. But yeah, I'm looking on. This is gonna be a bit of a tougher one. So looking forward. Um, so actually, just actually summarising, so our four has dropped, hasn't it? So we've lost now, lost yep. three games in the last four matches, um, with yeah. one win away at Rotherham, where you could say yeah. we're a bit lucky to kind of get a victory there. So we yeah. have dropped our form off, and so that's a bit of a concern. Um, but we're still doing well. But now, obviously, we haven't got a league game coming up. We've got an FA Cup game against a League Two side. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting time to come. I was just thinking about those four games then while you were talking. Like, obviously, that's. Was it Peterborough away, which we lost? Yeah. But I thought we played pretty well we in, in general. Then we won away at Rotherham, which was a pretty 50 50 game in general, which we nicked at the end. Then obviously smashed at Berry, uh, you know, not not in scoreline, but in performance. But then a good performance against Bradford. So look at those four games. Yeah, it's only three points. But actually, the performance levels dropped a little bit, yeah. but it's certainly not disastrous. Our finishing has you know, dropped, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, and that's the, that's the strange thing about it. So I'm not, you know, when you look at performance, I'm not overly concerned yet. And Bradford seems like the outlier. It doesn't seem like the, the result that keeps happening. Um, sorry, not Bradford, Berry. The Barry, the Barry result is the, the odd yeah, one out is, of those yeah. three performances, in terms of performances isn't it? So yeah. if we keep playing like we've been playing in those four, three, the three other games, we should be fine still. But yeah, I think the FA Cup comes again at a good time for us, really, doesn't it? It's um, a chance to potentially refocus like we did against Aldershot and then we came back and won that next league game, didn't we? So if we can maybe get two or three goals against Morecambe, get a few of the lads' confidence up, I'd probably stick with the team that played in the last um, in the last game yep. against Bradford. I'd get them going because a go goes out and they'll need to get used to working in that same formation when a go go comes back in. So it doesn't make any sense to rest anyone because we haven't got a game until the next Saturday following that, have we? So yeah, it makes sense to just you sort of trundle on, doesn't it? So um, you know, I think we've got maybe we've got one of those stupid trophy games in between, but that's fine. We can rotate everyone for that. Um, so yeah, it's the it's the FA Cup at home against the Paul Morecambe team. I'm going to go for us to win three nil, Ollie. Oh yeah, I was going to go for three nil as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, we've done that every week this season yeah, so far. Haven't we? <laughs> I'm going for three nil as well. Um, I think okay. I think we'll do really well um, against them. I think looking at their results, um, you know, they're way at the bottom of the league table. They're twenty first mm. with only nineteen points. Uh, the last um, three um, league um, results have been drawing away at Carlisle, um, losing at home to Crew, and drawing with Colchester nil um, nil. Um, so yeah. yeah, they're not you know they're not free scorers. Um, and yeah, they're um, yeah they're not doing particularly well. And they beat Hartlepool three 0 um, to get yeah. um, into this round. So yeah, I, th- I think I think it should be a good win. And interestingly, um, the, the media was saying, oh, is this is, you know we haven't got a league game next. Is this a bad time in terms of you know you want another league game? But I think I'm just thinking the same as you, Glenn. I think you know a chance to focus on another you know, game um, and yeah, a chance to kind of yeah 
improve our performances and get a few goals might be at the right time. Chance to get rid of Abu Agogo's other suspended game as well. Yeah. That's the best thing about it, frankly, you know, that we can get him back. And, and we're not a one-man team. That's no, no, not no, we're not. stupid about it. But that win percentage without him is, frankly, ridiculous. Anyone that wants to have a look at it, I'll put um, a sort of table up there. Of, yeah, should we repost it? 26 games. Yeah, we'll repost it on the Southcast account, actually. And it, it's um, it's pinned to the top of the Blue and Amber fanzine uh, account as well. But, yeah, staggering, really, that we could have a player that has had that much influence on, on, on a sort of performance resultant. And, and if you do a comparison against other players who are missing or our general percentage of wins, you know, when he has been playing, it's way different. It's it's definitely a, a strange quirk of the results. So, um, yeah, there we go. So, yeah, two 3 all wins and more. And, yeah, it does come at the right time for me. And, yeah, because um, we've got two cut games, haven't we? We've got, we've got, um, we've got Morecambe on Saturday, the 2nd of December. I can't believe it's December already. Um, and then mental. and then we've got the um, um, Port Vale in the um, EFL Trophy, which is going to be free for I follow um, accounts online. Um, and then we're away at MK Dons. <laughs> so, yeah, two two league two cup games going into MK Dons away, which is going to be an interesting tie because MK Dons are, are kind of falling down the league. So yeah, it could be interesting on that. Mm. So I did say I was going to all the games, didn't I? And I totally forgotten that I can't go to the Morgan game, Molly. Oh, um, You're not committed. I will be watching. I was watching tennis of all things. Tennis. I'm going to see. Yeah, I know. My wife got me uh, tickets at uh, the week uh, for my birthday a few months back to go and watch. Um, tennis in the in the in the Royal Albert Hall in London and have a weekend away in London so there you go I'm, I'm doing some cultural things in the Royal Albert Hall except I'm not I'm watching tennis but yeah it's like a Masters tennis event at the end of the season they have like some of the better players there and sort of classic tennis players I quite like watching any sport Ollie I think I've said yeah. this in the podcast before so went to watch cycling last year the World Cycling Championships in Manchester so this year it's tennis who knows what it'll be next year so I'm missing the Morgan game but um, I'm and I'm not watching the stupid trophy game but I'm going to um MK Don's away and I'm taking my lad and, uh, and a friend of ours. But you are going well, to so... the FA Cup game, aren't you? Yeah, so you'll be there. No, 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 I'm not going oh, to the FA Cup game. Oh, that's the F1 missing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm going back to MK Don's. So, yeah, so it'll be a bit, bit of an interesting one next week. We'll be, we'll be listening to you and what you think about it, but it's going to be so comfortable. We won't have much to say on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it should be a good one. And then, yeah, so, um, yeah, there's a few games coming up. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and it should be, yeah, it should be nice. Yeah, and everyone that's listening now, we'll, we'll sign off in a minute, but, you know, when you start to do your list to Santa Claus and you're going to be sending them up the chimney in the next few weeks, top of that list, Ollie, what you need to write is promotion <laughs> <laughs> that's all we want isn't it this season the Shoesham Town fans I'm going to make sure my kids have got it on their list send it up the send it up the chimney that's the main thing in it so um, yeah there we go so I'll, I'll, shall, uh, I'll shall be back next week to listen to you and then the results from the Morecambe game and um, yep. yeah cheers to everyone for listening and um, hopefully we'll get back to winning ways on yep. it cheers guys oh,